With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Pod, part of Full Press Coverage. My name is Kyle Senra, and joining me is my co-host, Brad Harbin. How are you doing, Brad? Hey, what's up, Kyle? Uh, do- doing great, man. Uh, just uh, getting ready for week 11, man. A lot of a lot of things going on. Kind of a crazy week with the injuries and, and COVID. I, I feel like I'm repeating myself from last week, but it seems like it's uh, still still uh, still pretty prevalent out there. But uh, yeah, it's, t- it's time to make some moves and, uh, and, and you know, uh, get ready for the playoffs. Yeah, so you said another crazy week for injuries. I got massive deja vu. Like you've yeah. said this multiple times, not just last yeah, week, yeah. but that's part of the game. It's part of the again why we build deep teams, why it's constantly going after waiver wire pickups and, and churning and and trying to make trades. I know a lot of trade deadlines are approaching. So I know last week we kind of focused on you know dynasty. If you're a contender, what do you, what are the kind of deals you look to make giving up a first, and kind of how do you prioritize? And again, a lot of it is the quick gist of it is, is if you've got one first to give up in a dynasty league for like a future uh, rookie uh, draft first go after like whatever you think the best possible player you can get with that first. And then just go to that manager and see if you can get that player or not. And then just go down the list, whatever. If like, if you've got your own rankings or you use a, another ranking system, just go through that ranking because you like the, the worst thing that could happen is if, if you go for a player in the middle and you could have got a better player with that same first, you just didn't, you, you thought maybe all oh, they might not do that. Or, or even if it's, you know, throw a first and something else. Like, so, you know, it's, it's trying to figure out, I think the first thing you do is go after the highest possible piece. So maybe it's instead of just give up the first, give up a first, a second, or a few first, another piece, go after the best possible player you can and then work your way down. That that's, if you've got only one first to use, that's the way to do it. Cause you hear a lot of podcast talk. Oh, yeah, this player's worth the first. And that's true. And, and you can kind of have that. Okay. These are, that's where all these players are valued, but if you only have one first, you can only choose one of those players to go after. So it's, it's right. being careful and again, prioritize however you view your rankings is, is kind of the way sure. I say it that. Uh, but yeah, so we got, you, Brad, you've got, uh, uh, and it's funny because similar to last week's talk with dynasty stacking, right? Like this is the time of year where if you've got a quarterback and you're set with, and you, you can try and get one of those receivers, especially if that team is a nice playoff uh, matchup. You think that there's a high ceiling potential, some double touchdown counting if the quarterback throws the receiver. So I talked about last week going after Amari Cooper when I had Dak, going after Keenan Allen when I had Herbert, giving up first for that. Now, Brad, you in a redraft league are kind of trying to do the same thing. So I'll let you kind of explain the situation to the listeners. Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And uh, so I guess leading up to this, so I, I have Amari Cooper and I, I've been going after the guy who has Dak. Uh, once again, kind of talking about what uh, I think I talked about this last last week, trying to maybe, you know, it, you know, had that incentive for him to have a stack because I want a stack. I want Jamar Chase um, from, from him as well. So, I mean, it was a little bit of a package deal. I probably sent, I don't know, I think three options to try and get 
try and get Chase on my uh, team because I, I recently I picked up Burrow, I guess, uh, three or four weeks ago. And uh, so just looking for that stack heading into the, uh, you know, hopefully heading into the playoffs. I think I'm sitting pretty, uh, pretty good right there, but I, I'm just, I really need that number one receiver. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm lacking. So, uh, so it was a no go on chase, but I've, I've decided to kind of uh, look around at uh, T Higgins. Cause I've seen a lot of chatter on uh, Twitter about him. Uh, you know, that he's the one that, that you want to try and get for this uh, uh, you know, this last, last few weeks uh, going into the playoffs and, and you know, uh, into the championship round. So I was like, huh, you know, okay, well, you know, that's an option. So I, I looked at the um, the gentleman who ha- who has Higgins, and I, I know he's uh, interested in uh, uh, one of my running backs, Damian Harris, who's uh, I-, I guess coming off a-, a concussion, but has a you know pretty juicy matchup tonight uh, against the um, against the Falcons, and uh, so I know he's interested in, in that. But uh, uh, he also has uh, Chris Carson kind of stashed uh, on the. Um, uh, on the IR right now. So I was thinking of a uh, packaging and deal to try and get Higgins to, to stack with Burrow, of course. So I was thinking of, of a D- Damian Harris, uh, possibly Hunter Renfro, you know, he has a nice, he has a nice floor. Uh, Renfro has been uh, playing well. Um, so to, to try and get a uh, Higgins and Carson uh, for the, for the home stretch. So uh, that's kind of, uh, we talked about it right before the show here. I haven't uh, actually a Senate or anything yet, but, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of liked your thoughts and uh, I'd like you to tell our listeners about it. Yeah. So when you, you first told me the trade the idea of, okay, do I trade for T Higgins? And then like the first thing you mentioned, like, you're looking at a couple leagues and you said one league had Burrow. So then I instantly focus on that. Okay. That's probably the best league to go after because it's not, again, it's the, when I talk about the stacking, it's, it's you're trading more than just the player value. I'm giving up this value for this player, which is equal under any circumstance, but if you've got that wide receivers quarterback, and again, if they can match up and you can double count touchdowns certain weeks, it gives you this extra value. So that would be like the one league to prioritize it. And like you said, I know how much you like Damian Harris. You've been a big fan of him all off season. I think I have, I have to be fair. It's a credit. It's, it's a call that to your credit, if the listeners did listen to you and they picked up Harris pretty cheap in redraft seasons, they're really happy with it. So uh, kudos to you, Brad, one of your, one of your uh, certainly much better calls. And cause he's, yeah. he has to produce so well for, yeah like a running back in the quote unquote RB dead zone, right. Where, where it's right. like, okay, you're, you're not really sure. Like, you know, you had a Damian Harris, I had James Connor right now. They're both looking good. Right. As, as terms of, uh, of calls for, for those running backs. So first off kudos to that. And so I know how much you like Harris, but also uh, the, the, yeah, the interesting thing there is like, if you could give Harris for Higgins straight up, that's probably fine value, but then you, it seems like you kind of in need of that running back too, even if it is just for one week, sometimes that, that one week matchup can, can uh, make the difference. And, and certainly, uh longer on giving you the flexibility the options so uh so then you, then you were going through that person's team and you mentioned chris carson i thought okay that might be one where if that manager needs a win this week that's why i signaled out renfro i was thinking judy at first but then judy's buy is this week here we are week 10 so they'd right. be training for them not being able to use them and then damian harris's buy is coming up later so i don't know if that's something that manager would focus on but seeing that i know that would make me hesitant on that receiving end, giving up uh, Higgins for that, no, knowing that like Higgins has done his bias. So that's someone you could put in your lineup every week. So that's why Renfro probably works. They're also past the buy. Uh, so Renfro Harris to get Carson Higgins to me makes sense value wise. So that's kind of my walk through the process. And that was what kind of like just my instinct initial thoughts as Brad brought this up before the podcast. That's kind of yeah. like the first thing I could kind of come up with on the spot, just hearing what Brad's team was hearing what the other manager was. You mentioned Cole Beasley as well. That's another option. Uh, the one other thing is, Amari Cooper, right? If you really want to make a splash, Harrison, Amari Cooper to get Higgins and a bigger piece. But then you mentioned like their, their best running back is Kamara. And then after that, it's, it drops to Carson. So there really is no like right. middle ground. So you probably want to have Cooper so you can run Cooper Higgins in your lineup every week. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that would obviously be ideal. And uh, I mean, I'll certainly uh, keep everybody uh, up to date to uh, see, see what happens. I, he, he's, uh, I want to say sitting like sixth, uh, but he, he's got a lot of points. He, he, he has, um, you know, uh, come across some uh, injuries, but uh, his, uh, you know, uh, PFs is pretty, pretty high. I want to say like second or third, but he, but he's, uh, he's, he's lost some uh, games uh, recently. So, uh, I mean, I, I think the Harris uh, would be uh, a little bit of a um, of an incentive for him. I mean, I'd ha- I'd hate to see him go because, uh, like you said, I have been uh, touting him uh, for uh, quite some time now. But uh, but an opportunity to get a stack with a with a Burrow, I, I think, is uh, going to be worth it. Yeah, and I, and I don't know that I'd go much higher than that. Like, if, if it really comes down to right. and you can't make the trade, like again, this is Harris is playing tonight. 
I, I wouldn't stress about it too much this week if it, if it can't get done beyond that. Like, again, going after Higgins is great, but I wouldn't kind of do it for any other player, knowing that, again, you're going after specifically for that stack because right. this matchup's great against the Falcons. And then he's active. It looks like he's going to play. Now he's clear concussion protocol. Anyway, I think – I don't know if he's questionable going into the game, but it looks like – sounds like he's going to play and start. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's tons of points in your lineup this week. That'll be great. Uh, and uh, just talk about the rest of your lineup. But I'm actually going to use that to transition into the rankings debate unless you have any other topics you wanted to talk about before no. that. No, 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 not at all. Okay, so it's uh, it's actually Jeff Wilson. Like, if you yeah. made this trade, and like part of the idea of you made this trade and got Chris Carson, and Chris Carson didn't play this week, you mentioned you have Daryl Henderson on a bye this week. So it was, uh, uh, oh, geez, who's your other running back again? Um, I have Connor. I have Connor, Connor right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So James Connor and then Jeff Wilson is, I think, an okay RB one two punch if you don't have Harris and, and again Carson isn't active and ready to play. Um, and I know in our rankings debate, that's actually one of the players uh, we can start focusing on. It's it's funny okay. because week eleven and again, Brad, you and I are always here to help. Like like seven eleven, right? All, always ready uh, or whatever the <laughs> oh, expression yeah. is. Always open. Always open for business in terms of helping people out. And um, in week eleven, there are a ton of players that we are. Lucky enough, seven spots difference on this is weird. I think there's, you know, I I, you did there. I like yeah, it. there's yeah. probably, I think like a dozen players that were exactly seven spots on. So I kind of <laughs> focus on like singled them out a lot of them. And this is one that, that'll be quick uh, to start with. It's uh, Jeff Wilson. So it's a little lower in the rankings. Um, so let me see. Uh, I've got him at uh, running back 29 and you have him just inside your top 40 at 36. So yeah, again, seven spot difference. Um, and I think the reason is we'll get to Elijah Mitchell maybe later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's mostly that. I've got those two a lot closer together. You've got them further apart. I, I'm, I think I just little hesitant on Elijah Mitchell's injury. I guess we can really talk right. about that. That's really all it is. Like I know they said he had a, a like a, a minor mm-hmm. finger mm-hmm. surgical procedure, it seems like. And that's, it, it scares me a little that even if he, even if he's active, how limited is he going to be? Uh, I could see Jeff Wilson coming in and being like the pass catching back, which again, 49ers is, do you ever really want that? Uh, you no, know, especially right. against your Jags. That's probably not something that's going to be too needed, but that's also maybe to the point of if they get a big against the Jags, I could see it being you know a lot of Jeff Wilson being played. So I think he actually uh, uh, comes out pretty well. I know in my goal line guide every week, the 49ers have the third highest rushing grade this week. So getting a piece of that backfield and, and playing it, whether it's, you know, and if Mitchell's healthy, I, that's why I get the appeal of wanting to play him. But I actually really think Wilson is playable this week. As I said, I've got him in the top 30. Uh, you don't. So you seem to be more okay with Mitchell because, well, we'll just compare rankings there. I've got him down at RB25. So I don't have him in the, the top, uh, as a top uh, 24 running back as an RB2, whereas you've got him thir- at 13. So we're 12 spots different. It's actually tied for our biggest difference this week. So uh, you seem not as concerned with the Elijah Mitchell injury, it seems. Uh, no, not necessarily. I, I, I wasn't, um, the injury didn't uh, flash up when I was doing my rankings. Um, however, I, the reason I have him up there is because of the, uh, I, I think the, the pace of the game, I think the game's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. I think the last two weeks, the Jaguars have been playing really solid defense. Uh, they, uh, certainly uh, gave up, uh, you know, some big yardage to Jonathan Taylor last week, but that was that was early after after his first ten carries, they really were able to shut him down. Uh, so uh, I'm a little concerned with uh, with really both the backs uh, going into this game, but uh, but no, I, I I like what Mitchell has been able to do the last few weeks. Uh, he's been getting you know um, any you know fifteen to twenty carries or uh, touches. Uh, he's been able to. Uh, uh, do some things in between the tackles and bounce things outside. I think with, with, um, with Debo, uh, you know, uh, causing confusion, I, I think that opens things up as well. And now they have Kittle back. I think that's going to make the uh, running game even, even stronger for uh, San Francisco, but there is a slight concern with what's going on in Jacksonville and, and their defense the last uh, few games. So, uh, I mean, I, I would love to have uh, Wilson show out. Um, obviously, uh, you know, whether he's, in my lineup or, or on the bench, it just, just for the eye, eye, eye test really uh, just, you know, uh, to possibly uh, use him in the future or you know, obviously uh, I'm, I'm always looking to trade. Uh, so, um, but yeah, there, there, there is concern. I, in hindsight, I, I probably do have Wilson a little, little too low, especially with, with the injury and, uh, pro- and probably have Mitchell a little too high with, with the injury concern. I would probably, uh, you know, move him up or down a, a couple spots, uh, both of them. But, uh, 
but yeah, I think that's where the, uh, the, the concern lies for me. Now, to be fair, Brad, to you, I'm looking at the consensus rankings and they both for both players are closer to what you have than what I have. So uh, Fantasy Pros ECR expert consensus ranking has Elijah Mitchell as the half point PPR RB 16 this week and Jeff Wilson actually outside the top 40. So you're you're actually higher on consensus than, uh, than Wilson, uh, higher than consensus on Wilson. I can speak. Gotcha. Uh, so but it's interesting that that I'm, I'm actually surprised the consensus is is. I guess that yeah, far apart, yeah, but I, I guess it seems like not that many people are concerned. So you're kind of, you're, you're falling in. It's again, the, the, a lot, the Mitchell consensus, you're a little higher on thir- 13 to 16, but it's, it's a lot closer than where I am at, which again is 25, but I was a little surprised to, to see a couple of running backs in particular, uh, two guys that I've got in my top 12 that you have ahead of Mitchell. And so I, I don't know if that's something that maybe like this, this equation changes that. Like if you had to revise, like if you move Mitchell down, I don't know if like what you're thinking about Leonard Fournette, uh, you've met 16, I'm at 11. So it's not that different, but it's uh, Antonio Gibson. Another one of those uh, lucky running backs, seven spots difference. I've got him at RB 12 and you have him at RB 19. Uh, so I don't know how you're feeling about Mitchell compared to those guys. Now, or are you still thinking Mitchell there? You still like him as a top 15 back, even, uh, even in spite of the injury concerns. Uh, I, over Gibson, yes. I, I just have not been in, impressed with Gibson. I'm, I'm so glad I stayed away from him. He was certainly a trade target early on uh, for for me, but I, I just haven't I, I have I haven't seen it. I, I think you know going to going to Carolina this week. Carolina's going to be pumped. Their their coach is coming back. Cam's back. Uh, you know I I think their their defense has been playing uh, pretty well. Uh, I I just don't I don't see uh, Gibson. Uh, you know, having, having an RB one kind of day. I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's a solid RB two. He's going to, he's going to get, get some yards on the ground. And if uh, Washington can, can, you know, utilize him and, you know, through the air in the passing game, then obviously his stock goes up, but I, I just, I haven't, haven't seen that enough uh, on a consistent basis. And I, I know he's uh, coming back from the shin injury. Um, th- there are some other, other uh, people there to, to get the ball in case, uh, you know, he comes off hobbling. So yeah, I'm, I'm just not sold on Gibson as, uh, as much as, uh, I guess, uh, as you are, you know, uh, the, the seven spot difference. It's funny that you mentioned RB one Gibson, right? And I look through his uh, game log. He's only had two games as an RB one this year. Now he also had another game where he was the RB 13. So he literally missed that top 12 designation by one spot. So if you want to lump that in three games, right. And two of them were early in the season. One was last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I know like there was the concern with the, the shin splints with Gibson. It seems like the bye week rest in week nine did him well. Uh, he had a season high in carries, 24 carries, got two touchdowns, only the second time this year that he's done that. Yep. Finishes yep. the RB6 against the Buccaneers defense, which has been shutting down, especially ground production to the running backs. Like if you told me right. Gibson would, would be a, an RB6 this week, I figured, oh, he'd have to catch a bunch of passes. He had two for 14 in the receiving game. And so I think that the top, like there might, the shin splints might be a problem again later on this season. Like as we get to the end of the fantasy playoffs, and maybe that's some tricky de- decisions to make championship week. But for now, if he was able to do that against the Bucks, there's no matchup that scares me anymore. So um, the consensus yeah. actually does have him at 19. So ex- matching you exactly. Um, so it seems like everyone's a little afraid of, of the Panthers, but I mean, I know the Panthers are a great defense, but I don't think they're a better run defense than the Bucks. And if he was able to do that last week, I think he can manage another top 12 week this week. So that's, uh, that's my confidence there in Gibson. I got you. I hear you. You know, uh, I mean, it's certainly, uh, you know, what, what have you done for me lately? And uh, yeah, I mean, that was a huge week against the, uh, uh, the feared uh, Buccaneers uh, rushing defense, but I, I, I'm not sure he's going to be able to uh, duplicate that, uh, that top 10, uh, top six finish. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, even I don't have him in the top six. That might that might be the best game he has all season. But again, I think it, it's... My, I don't think it'll, he's only going to have two games with over 20 fantasy points either. Like, I think, I think he's capable and this might be a week where he gets sure. close to that. Lucky us here. There's two more running backs uh, that have a seven spot difference, but sort of unlucky us is that there's a lot of like uncertainty injury wise. So we've got Devonte Freeman and Wayne Gallman. And in both instances, you're higher on, on, on both players um, check. So I've got Freeman at RB 30. Whereas you've got him up at RB23. And then same with Gallman. It's uh I got 39 and you're at 32. So uh the consensus actually Gallman's outside the top 40 in consensus. So it's fu- so you seem to be uh quite a bit higher on Gallman than than the general consensus. And for Freeman, his consensus ranking is 25, so pretty close to where you have him. But uh I just I'm not sure how either of those backfields look. Like I think yeah. with, with the Falcons, like we're recording this on the day of Thursday night football. We have no idea if Cordell Patterson's playing or not. Exactly. And so like, I've still got him ranked. I've, and I have Patterson as the highest ranked of them, but I mean, that obviously we'll see if that has to change, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm just, I think with, and with the Ravens, Latavius Murray's coming back. I'm not certain that Latavius Murray's not the starter and, and their main guy coming, even coming off the injury. So I think that that concern shows itself there with Freeman, I believe where do I have Murray? I've got Murray at 36. So I, I still have Freeman higher, but I think it, at the very least, it's probably going to be a 50-50 split. So I think that's why I've got both outside the top 30. But you seem at least more confident, certainly with Freeman there, inside your RB2 range. Uh, it was really uh, just the murkiness of, of the uh, of the injury situation when I when I put the rankings together. Uh, so, I mean, uh, Freeman, I, I, I like the, uh, the matchup in, uh, against Chicago, if I remember right. And... Uh, and at the time there, there was, a uh, you know, some, some concern whether or not, uh, Murray was going to come back. And I, 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 I see this as an important game for, for Baltimore. They, they want to hold on to the ball. They don't, they don't want to give, uh, Chicago, a, you know, a, a fighting chance. And so that's kind of why I had, uh, Freeman up there to, to try and, uh, you know, set the pace for the backs. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to do anything, you know, absolutely spectacular, but, uh, as an RB two, I think he's, I think he would, uh, at, at the time, I thought he would get the touches and everything. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, I'm I'm not sure how it's how it's going to look with uh, with Murray coming back. And um, I mean, I I don't think Freeman has done a horrible job in in, in the replacement at you know by any means. But and then and then with uh, Gallman, uh at the time, it looked like uh, Patterson was going to be out. Uh, I, I I didn't like what uh, what Mike Davis really brought to the table. I th- thought Gallman, uh, you know, uh, caught the ball pretty good. Uh, pretty well, uh, I guess, uh, last week, and uh, and was able to do do some do some things uh, receiving. Thought with with a short week, I mean, uh, he'd had the fresher legs out of, out of the two of them, so I thought he would uh, get the attention. But now with uh, Patterson possibly back in the mix, I mean, uh, that kind of just uh, blows that ranking uh, out of the water. So, uh, uh, but but uh, I think if uh, Patterson is limited uh, in any capacity or doesn't play, I, I think Gallman uh, could be safe on, on this uh, short week. I mean, going against a, a Patriots defense, who's obviously been uh, playing really well the last uh, couple of weeks, granted a lot of it has to do against the competition. Not that the Falcons are uh, uh, going to be uh, much of a, uh, you know, offensive uh, threat uh, as we've seen uh, lately, but, you know, I, I think with his uh, potential to uh, to make some catches out of the backfield, I, I, I thought that's why uh, Gallman was a safe play at uh, 32. And I do agree with you. Like, obviously, we both have – like, neither of us has Mike Davis in the top 40. So, we're both agreeing Gallman over Davis this week. Mm-hmm. I think almost whether Patterson plays or not, 
maybe maybe if Patterson plays Galvin doesn't really get much work to be fair so maybe that is one where he does suffer a lot from that but like if Patterson plays I don't really want to play Mike Davis either like I, I feel like neither is really playable it's either like I think they and if Patterson's out though I think they both might be playable at least like you know throw the bit at the back end of your lineup like and you know without Patterson I'd probably raise so I'm trying to think like you know no Patterson versus like the Ravens with both Freeman and Murray, I think I'd still rather start Freeman. So I, I don't think I'd put Gallman up into the top 30, but I mean, yes, neither do you, right? Like you've got him at 32. So that I think we're, we're still saying, you know, he's not a must start, but if you need to, again, pay attention to who's active tonight. Yeah. But I think, yeah, for Gallman, certainly, I think if, if Patterson plays, I, I don't think he's playable. I, I kind of, yeah, kind of getting sure. on that. And then right. I think even Mike Davis follows through on that, whereas they're both playable if Patterson's out. So kind of just take it accordingly. I mean, some of you might might be listening to this after Thursday Night Football anyway. So, uh, but yeah, just with, so with the Ravens, though, I do want to focus on, uh, you know, what do we say about the Ravens every year? Well, such a great offensive line. That has not been the case this year. No. They're ranked 25th on Football Outsiders adjusted line yards, which is their metric for offensive line production independent of running back production. It's their way of kind of, uh, you know, looking at it, uh, kind of everything equal. Now they, and, but the one thing that they do is they, they do separate the run rushing, the offensive line uh, run grades into different categories as well. The adjusted line yards is kind of the overall grade. They rank 25th in the league in that. Now they're, it's funny because they, they don't, rank they're inside the top 20 in every individual category but a lot of that is 17 18 or 19 <laughs> that, that you know uh running back yards open field yards second level yards and stuffed rate they're all between 17th and 19th in each of those rankings their power success rate is sixth in the league so they're good at the short yardage stuff so the touchdowns right. will be there but you're not going to get massive yardage right like that and that's kind of the thing is is trying to like it's tricky to know who's going to be the goal line back i think that's kind of the, the point there uh, their offensive line is actually even worse in pass protection, 28th in adjusted sack rate. So, yeah, the, the Ravens' offensive line, quite a struggle. So it, it makes it so, again, I, I don't think Freeman is a must-start. You can play him if you need to, but I think if you have better options, I'd look elsewhere just because sure. that offensive line isn't conducive to having a 50-50 split and being super productive. Right, and then you throw the Murray factor in as well. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, if there's better options out there – I you certainly want to uh, go for him instead of uh, playing Freeman this week. Now it's funny because I'm looking at my rankings and someone I have at 32, actually, I think I might actually, this is, this might be wrong. I might actually prefer this player over Freeman too. So this might be someone I've actually put at 30 and maybe switch with Freeman. Uh, It's Zach Moss, but still even so we'll take it into account at 30, but two, but even looking at like, if I put him at 30, that's still a six spot difference uh, from where you have him, which is, uh, I guess, or sorry, it'd be a five spot difference uh, 25. Um, and I think it's not even so much the placement. It's more which bills running back is ahead of who, because you've got, you've got Moss ahead of Singletary and I have Singletary ahead of Moss this week. And I know for a lot of weeks, once Moss came back and was in rhythm, I kind of had him. I think there was weeks, I think one week I had him in the top 15, actually. Right. Uh, I feel like he's disappointed on all that, though. Because uh, really, it seems like Moss has the worst floor, maybe the higher ceiling in theory, although he hasn't really put up, I don't, I don't think he has a better ceiling than Singletary, but it seems like Singletary is always going to at least be involved no matter what the game script is, comes on passing downs, even if he's just there to run routes and not get targets, like at least he's involved. Whereas Moss, like we saw it, Matt Burita came in, was doing the goal line stuff, right. kind of taking Moss's role. So I don't know if that was just, he was coming off the concussion. They wanted to kind of ease him in, but if, again, if that might happen again, right. I mean, that that's a team looking at a long playoff run. So mm-hmm. I just, I feel like I, I, I'm I'm more confident in Singletary than Moss right now. So what do you have kind of pointing towards Moss's direction? I mean, that's the $86 billion question about, uh, you know, the, the Bills' back, backfield. I mean, well, what, what's, you know, who's going to emerge from there? Uh, I, I, I think that the, uh, like you said, the last week I think was a little bit more of a precaution with, with the concussion for, for Moss. Uh, certainly was uh, surprised to see uh, Matt Breida, uh, you know, uh, do, do what he did and, and you know, uh, steal a steal a touchdown or two and uh but yeah i mean it, it, it's hard to really uh nail, nail down some things I, I just think that he's gonna have some more opportunities this weekend um against the uh, against the colts uh I, I like his touchdown potential more so than uh singletary so i, I think that's why i have uh them but uh, but i mean like like you said i mean singletary is going to be involved and in, unless uh unless an injury uh you know c- comes up 
he's going to be involved in the passing game, uh, which, which uh, I mean, he's certainly a talented uh, re- receiver out of the backfield. But yeah, I'm just thinking that, you know, last year they were just kind of, uh, you know, uh, what they say, uh, sticking the, the toe in the water and, uh, and, you know, kind of see how Moss is doing where I think they're going to, you know, kind of release them a little bit uh, this week and, uh, and, and um, let him thrive, uh, you know, almost uh, as a uh, RB2 in, in my mind. All right, so Bill's backfield. Yeah, that's that's something we question every week. <laughs> every single week for the last two, three years, right? Yeah. Uh, who knows? Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, so again, and I feel like they're all kind of in that same range. If you need to start them, of all the players we talked about, I feel the most confident in Singletary. It sounds like you'd feel the most confident. Well, actually, you have Freeman higher, but given mm-hmm. that Murray's there, do you still feel more confident in Freeman than you do Zach Moss? Like if you had to choose between those two, would you still go with how your rankings are right now and, and play Freeman? Wow, that is uh, that's another good question. Um, I, I would probably lean towards Moss a little bit. I, I think with with the Murray factor, yes. And not and just and that's an interesting point too, is because sometimes I will go against my rankings when I'm making start sit decisions. Sometimes there's for different reasons. Okay, like I'm a big I'm a big uh, like I pay a lot of attention to like the timing of when these games happen. If there's questionable players Monday Sunday night, I've gone through that before. Sometimes I I'll play a player a that's that I know is playing early. Because, okay, there's so many players questionable. I'm not sure who I'm actually going to have available. I know this player is playing at 1 o'clock. We'll find out. Well, I'll wait till 4 o'clock to find right. out then. So I'm going to play this player, even though he's lower in my rankings than other guys, just because I know he's playing now, and then I, I can deal with the rest. I only have a couple spots to deal with for these guys, right? Like, sometimes I might do that, or a stack. Like, okay, I'm going to put this player above another player I have in my rankings in my starting lineup. Even though I've got the other player higher, I'm going to bench them because that receiver stacks the quarterback or something like that. Right. So there's just because your ranking say something doesn't mean like in your own personal starting lines, you have to follow that either that there's, so there's inherent value, not just in the rankings either, which rankings are important tools, but it's not everything. So, but that again, we are focusing so much on rankings here, but I think it's the reason that we're not just sharing our rankings on the podcast. A, that would probably be really boring to listen to, but B is it's the process behind it all that like, sure, that's sure. The, why do we rank them? And then how does that influence our decision to what's going to be you know, played and sit, start and sit decisions that week? So just thought that that's a, a good way to kind of enter that discussion. Absolutely. Uh, Cause now I don't know if it's going to take 12 minutes, but uh, there's <laughs> three, or actually there's four players in particular that were 12 spots difference on. So in theory, Brad, we could do our Twitter pool this week about any of the four of them. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to kind of veto it because I think there's one player that I think would be make for a really interesting poll just because, I mean, you have him ranked so high. And I mean, I've, I mean, he's a, you know, only 12 spots difference, but it's, it's like how high you have him ranked, I think could make for an interesting poll. So we'll get to that in a sec. That's at the wide receiver section, but we'll finish off at running back. So we've already talked about one of them. It's Elijah Mitchell, 12 spots difference. Uh, Brad, you are the higher on Mitchell. So give you the final floor on him. If there was anything you wanted to say uh, about Mitchell that you didn't get a chance to earlier. No, not necessarily. I mean, he just uh, seems to be on a, on a roll uh, right now. I, I I'm not sure what's going on with the finger, so uh, there is a little bit of a concern there. But uh, but yeah, no, nothing uh, nothing else new really. Okay, so now uh, another running back, and again, there's, there's maybe some injury influence here that might change things around. But uh, it's Dante Foreman. So 12 spots difference on Dante Foreman. I've got him at RB 23. I'd rather play Foreman than all the other guys we talked about earlier. Like any of the bills guys, um, like if Patterson was came in healthy, like I've got Foreman ahead of Mitchell. I've got, I've got right now, I've got him ahead of Patterson in the rankings. If you tell me Patterson's active, like I've got him at 26 right now for running backs. I might tell me he's active against the Patriots defense though. That's tricky. That's a tough defense because he's one of the main two weapons there. Right. Like, so I feel like yeah, they like, uh, and I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about tight end in a bit, but anyway, so yeah, all to say is I like Dante Foreman more than all those guys playing against the Houston defense. Uh, seems like Jeremy McNichols won't play. Uh, so that's him and Adrian Peterson. And one thing we've known through Peterson's career, he doesn't get a lot of uh, pass catching downs or, or reception chances. Right. Um, just looking at his game log. Yeah. Uh, one target per game so far with the Titans. So, you know, about his career average. Uh, whereas, you know, Foreman, he didn't see any of the first game he he played, which I, it's funny because it's, it's a whole new era for Titans, right? It's the before Henry, after Henry, right? The first game after Henry, he didn't see a target. But two last week after 
McNichols went out and that was also a game where, you know, they were leading. They didn't really need to throw very much either, but I would, I mean, two, two receptions for 48 yards, that type of efficiency, like that was most of his scoring last week. He finished as the RB 27 in half point PPR scoring. This is Foreman, by the way, for those, I think I just, has anyone forgot, including myself, right. uh, but yeah, <laughs> RB 27. Right. And I think that's, I mean, I, I'm saying only four spots higher. Um, and again, he had, again, he had two catches for 48 yards. That was a big portion of his production came from those two catches, but he also got 11 carries. It seems like he's going to be the, the lead guy. And against Houston, I feel really confident starting him as an RB2. Now, you not so confident at RB35. Mm-hmm. So uh, just ahead of Jeff Wilson, actually, funny enough. <laughs> but uh, go ahead, Brad. Uh, what's your concern with Dante Foreman? Uh, I, I don't know if the volume is going to be there this week. I, I think I, I know McNichols is out. Um, I, I, I do think that uh, Peterson's still going to be in the mix uh, for, from the rushing uh, perspective. I'm not sure if. Foreman's going to get those uh, double-digit carries like he did last week. Uh, obviously, uh, made the most of his uh, receptions, uh, you know, last week uh, with a uh, with a big gainer. But I just I, I feel like uh, P- Peterson still still lurking around. Uh, obviously, the the veteran. I know I know I know Foreman's been around for a while as well. Um, they're obviously going against a, a pretty weak defense, uh, being you know with the Texans. I I, I do like uh, uh, the Texans really. Uh, taking advantage of it uh, uh, through the air as well. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I think uh, I look for AJ Brown to have a nice game. Uh, I even like uh, the, uh, the uh, tight end uh, getting involved a little bit more. Uh, Ferkser, I, I don't think I have him ranked, but uh, he's probably right outside my rankings. Uh, so th- this also could be a little bit of a trap game for, for uh, Tennessee. I mean, I, I think it's, it's one Obviously, they're on a roll. They're one of the hottest teams in the AFC. I think they, they I guess, uh, record-wise, they are. Um, but you know, this is a, a division game that they certainly something they can't lose. But I'm not saying Houston can go in there and uh, you know blow the doors off. But they they could put up a little bit of a fight, um, you know, um, and kind kind of keep the Tennessee offense on on the sideline and and really make a game out of it. So I just think with um, with Peterson still in the mix. And I, I mean, I, I could be, uh, obviously could be completely wrong, uh, but I, I just think that Foreman is not going to get those double digit touches uh, like he did last week. And that's why I kind of have him uh, ranked down a, a little bit. And, um, and, and, and once again, it could change. Uh, we've already talked about the Patterson factor. Um, if, if he plays, I would, uh, uh, you know, uh, probably, I probably keep him around the same spot. So maybe I wouldn't uh, change him too much, but yeah, I, I just, I'm not, uh, I'm not feeling the uh, Dante Foreman uh, this week. All right. Not feeling Foreman. Okay. That's, that's, that's uh, okay. We're, we're all for that anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's the, that was a big running back discussion. So uh, uh, good, interesting things, uh, but a yeah. big takeaway is there's a lot of still uncertainty, whether it's even the, the day of the game, we're not even really sure what's going on with some of these yeah. teams. So yeah. it's once you get outside really the top, I mean, you've, uh, so I have Foreman at 23, you have Freeman at 23. So let's even call it that. Once you get outside the top 22 running backs, because I think we have the, like the same players in the top 22. Um, Once you get outside that, it seems like it's pick your favorite, right? So like a very clear top 22. And then after that, it, who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. Clear as mud, clear as mud after the 22. Yep. Uh, So yeah. Um, I guess uh, the we'll, we'll talk tight end now. Uh, just there's really only one tight end that that we're like massively different on that that's r- worth discussing. Um, let me see. Actually, there might be two. I think I forgot to mention one. Uh, six spots difference between Kyle Pitts. Uh, I've got him down at tight end ten. Just I'm I am concerned with the Patriots matchup. I know this this would be if you're ever going to bench Kyle Pitts. I think this is the week to do it. I I, I you know if you've got another good option like. I've got Schultz, Kasicki, Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry, all ahead of him. Right? And I think the other top, I mean, I still have Hawkinson in the top five. Right. So those are the guys I'm starting ahead of Pitts. Um, you're not as concerned with the Patriots defense. Not necessarily. I mean, I I know that uh, you know, Belichick will, will certainly have something uh, you know, for Pitts, but I mean, he's really the you know, one or two weapons that the Falcons have. I mean, in that offense right now. And I and I mean, he, he is a, you know, coverage nightmare. I, I, you can't really, uh, you know, put a, 
put a single guy on him. I, I think Ryan's going to be able to find him enough and, uh, and make him relevant this week, uh, re- make him relevant tonight, I guess. And um, so, yeah, I, I still like uh, Pitts as an option. It's funny. Cause I've actually come up on Pitts. Like I initially had him at like, tight end 13 and I've moved him up, I guess now three spots, just kind of, okay, I can't be that low on him. But I mean, one of the things that I'm like, Travis Kelsey's gotten shut down by this Patriots defense before. I do think they'll be able to do it. And like you said, it won't be through one guy, but the Patriots are great at finding ways to get they are. to they'll, they'll have the, the, the pass rushing linebacker hit him right at the start of his line. Now, if, I think the easier way for him is if they don't line him up as a tight end, force it outside force the Patriots to draw that coverage outside right. probably opens things up for everyone else but still makes it for a tough coverage assignment so yeah sure. I, I know I and I, as a result I'm really low on Matt Ryan this week I noticed you were too so I was a little surprised to see we basically flip-flop Hawkinson and Pitts in the rankings but like I can get why I could I understand people like you have him at Hawkinson at tight end 10 he's you know <laughs> got a zero last week but he also was the tight end one overall the week before so it's who knows with him yeah, he's he's certainly uh, been an enigma um, this year. Uh, I mean, I I got him on one of my teams. He's he's certainly driving me crazy. So we'll we'll see how it goes this week. Okay, so now to, now the tight end I actually want to talk about. Sure. Uh, Twelve spots difference, like I mentioned. Same with with uh, Mitchell Foreman and and the upcoming wide receiver that we'll make our poll about. CJ Uzoma, and actually, this is funny. This is a guy that I, actually our rankings might have been even more different if I had kept him. I think I had him at tight end 10 at one point. And I kind of, I think I flipped him and pits around, but tight end 12 for me, for Uzoma, I noticed you have him just inside, actually just out, outside your top 20 you have him at, at tight end 21. Uh, so, Oh, sorry. That's not 12 difference. That's nine difference. I don't know how to count. That's that's I think, fine. you know what? It was 12 when I had him at tight end 10. That's, that's what it is. Sure. Yeah. So, okay. All right. I'm changing my kids back now. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> so it's, it's nine now. Uh, but yeah, um, the consensus ranking is tight end 17. So it's kind of right in the middle, actually. So we're, we're kind of representing extreme ends of it here. Um, for me, it's, again, I, I guess I rely on my goal line guide a little much. Uh, not the greatest score for them this week uh, against the Raiders. Uh, but it's crazy because the Raiders have allowed the most touchdowns inside their own five-yard line uh, passing. Right. 83% of the passes against them go for touchdowns. That's where I think – now, he's almost had some long touchdowns as well, but he's also – red zone can get those those one yard touchdowns and i just think the Bengals offense is one i'm higher on this week uh put up burrow in the rankings chases up their high as well uh and i, I just think uh uzoma can get it done against the the raiders i have more faith in him than i think that's what it was is that i the, like the bunch of tight ends below him dallas goddard zach Ertz, pat fryermuth dan arnold tyler conklin they all have worse goal line grades so it's not even so much I love the Bengals offense. It's just I have more faith in the Bengals passing offense than, say, the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Steelers, the Jags, or the Vikings this week, frankly. I mean, Vikings outside of, let's say, Jefferson and Thielen. I, I, I think it's going to be tough right. sledding for a lot of them. So I just have more faith in Uzoma and the Bengals more than those other teams. Not that I – again – I think at first I was like, yeah, I'll put him ahead of Pitts. Then I kind of realized, you know what, that's that's a little too crazy because it's not like that offense I'm, I'm that – crazy about passing wise but enough where again above those other ones where the offenses i'm absolutely worried about kind of overall i guess i'm worried about the falcons overall but we know pitts is going to get so many targets that he's, it's like inescapable whereas like you know firing with arnold conklin like if if the the coverage matchups aren't there they, they can get phased out of the offense really easily same with zachary's sure. too so that i think that's more again more faith in the Bengals. so that's that's my take on uzoma well, uh, and just just to piggyback off that, I, I have faith in the Bengals offense as well this week, but I like the wide receivers. Uh, Which is why you want to trade for T. Higgins. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I like I like the, the matchup against the Raiders uh, uh, for, for, for the guys on the outside. I mean, I think Uzoma, he'll, he'll probably see, you know, another three or four targets, which he's, you know, uh, been known to do. But, uh, I mean, he had – he had the one blow up game against the Jaguars, uh, you know, uh, was able to take a couple to the house, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just think the majority of the targets and, and it w- will go to the wide receivers. Now it could be a, uh, a back and forth kind of game or, you know, and you know, that Burrow could be throwing the ball e- even more, which obviously is going to open up some targets for him. But I, I just, uh, I like uh, what I like, I like the trio receivers that uh, the Bengals have not to mention uh mixing out of the backfield as well. So, um, so yeah, I, I prefer them over uh, Uzama. 
this, this week. <laughs> All right. Now to talk about wide receivers. So I guess actually even before talking about wide receivers, uh, the top player at each position is kind of an interesting thing. Kelsey at tight end, of course, right? Like, like there's any, like there's anyone else ever there right. uh, at running back. We both have Christian McCaffrey and at wide receiver. We both have Tyreek Hill. Really the only difference. Actually, I don't think there's a difference. Uh, yes, there is. Sorry. You have Lamar Jackson at one. I have Josh Allen at one for quarterbacks. Uh, so that's really the only number one, uh, posi- you know, difference at the, the number one position. I know Jackson had to leave practice with a non COVID illness. I don't know if you, if you've heard anything about that or if anything has made you want to lower Jackson at all, or you still have him at, at number one this week. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll just keep, yeah. I'll keep him there for now. Okay. Yep. okay. Uh, fine conviction. I, th- I honestly, I think the top four are all pretty locked in. I actually have Jackson at four, but just because I'm, I really like Mahomes, Brady and Josh Allen's matchups this week. But I think like, you can't go wrong with any of those four as you guys, your number one quarterback on any given week. I think it's well, certainly this week. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so I think what's interesting at wide receiver is the top three. Uh, fairly interesting. Actually, we both have Diggs at four, so that that's it's kind of funny that. But the, the like Hill at one, Diggs at four, but then it's two completely different names at two and three for us. Um, so my my number two this week is actually Mike Evans, and then I have at number three I have C.D. Lamb. You have Devonte Adams at two, and this is where the discussion gets really interesting because we both have a, a buck a Bucks receiver in the top three, but just a different receiver. You have right. Chris Godwin at number three, and that is going to be our, our Twitter poll this week. And I think that's Excellent. going to be a great discussion. Like if how high people are feeling about Godwin uh, 12 spots difference, I've got him down at wide receiver 15. Now the expert consensus ranking is wide receiver 10. So like that's technically closer to me, but that's really basically in the middle uh, five spots off for me, seven spots off for you. So it, it's, that's probably a lot of people are going to be probably be in the middle on Godwin. And, and again, we're representing extreme ends of it. So I do like those kind of uh, discussions I guess I'll start with, with the extreme is you know, he seemed like he was dealing with a bit of an injury last week. And even though he got eight targets, so, which is, you know, coming off the games before he went 12, 11, five, 11, right. And then a 13 target game early in the season. So he's, he's definitely capable of getting more than just eight. So maybe that was slowing him down a little, but on eight targets only got nine fantasy points finishes the wide receiver 33. I hope that, okay, it's a Monday game. So they get a, a, a full week plus a day between games. Maybe is that enough to have him kind of heal up perhaps. And I, and again, top 15. So I clearly think he'll do better than wide receiver 33, but not enough to be in my top 12. So uh, now I'm really curious. Why do you have Godwin at wide receiver three this week? Kyle, I, I don't feel, um, I don't feel sorry for a lot of, a lot of things in my life. A lot of uh, things that are going on more so than I feel for the New York Giants going into Tampa on Monday night. Um, going into Tampa after the Bucks have lost uh, two straight games, uh, they're, they're, they're coming in, uh, they're, they're hungry. They're, I think the bright lights are, are, are going. I mean, I was tempted to put Tom Brady as number one because uh, I think it's going to be that bad of uh, what's going to happen in Tampa. You know, of course, uh, weather permitting, but I – I, I think with, with Godwin, I, I think you're right. I think he was, uh, you know, nursing a little bit of a, of an injury there. Uh, didn't seem like he was, you know, uh, moving around necessarily at his top speed, but I, I think the extra, uh, but I think he proved that he, he could play on. I think there's some extra time there. I, I, I like, I like him uh, being able to uh, line up in the slot a little bit this week and uh, really uh, take advantage of things. Uh, uh, you, you know, using his speed, using his quickness, uh, the, the run after the catches, I, I think that's going to be, be a factor, not necessarily really the long ball uh, that, you know, he's, you know, uh, seems to be more pr- prone to be a, be a part of, but, I, but I think getting, getting the ball to Godwin uh, quick and early uh, kind of the uh, Antonio Brown role uh, that, that happened, I guess, uh, kind of earlier in, in, in the season, but uh, I, I like Godwin to really just, uh, just obviously uh, I, I like him to, uh, uh, blow up this week uh, under the lights against the Giants, and I, I don't, I don't like uh, any. I don't think the Giants have anybody to match up really with either Godwin or Evans. But I, I like, I like Godwin this week uh, uh, more so than Evans, just because of the I, I think the volume is going to be there. Uh, like I said, I, with the uh, with the slot with the slot routes and uh, 
I, I'm just looking for him to uh, bounce back and uh, and make the make the most use of his uh, of his targets. Uh, why why do you have uh, Evans up? Well, uh, you you said it right. They don't have a corner that can cover either. And I think right. when they're playing teams that have really good perimeter corners, that's when Godwin is the slot becomes like the matchup nightmare that Brady's just going to go to. Like I, I don't think there's there's any corner matchup Brady's afraid of so he'll just go to whoever's open or whoever he really wants to basically and so I could see this being a game where even if Evans doesn't get open on every play they'll they'll still throw him the ball and and he'll he'll be able to catch it I know I'm higher on Fournette than you are uh kind of reference on the running back section but uh yeah you had him at 16 I have him as you know it's only five spots difference but 11 but it is as a top 12 running back right so in that RB1 range and I think maybe that's just more toward more carries for Fournette means less targets for Godwin in particular Whereas I think Evans, it's, you know, with Evans, it's, can he get the touchdowns or not? I think this is a good touchdown week for him where he could probably get multiple, honestly. Like if they get close to the red zone, like I don't see how Brady doesn't just look over an easy pitch and catch. It doesn't even matter if the DV is there type thing. Evans is going to get it. Like I see that scenario. So that's why I, I, again, have Evans as wide receiver two this week. I think, I think he's, he's about to explode. So. Wow. No, I, I, and I, I, I like that we're uh, so far apart on Godwin. I, th- I think it's a great, uh, great question for our listeners. But clearly, we're investing in the Bucks passing offense this week. Like, like again, we both have Absolutely. a a, a Tampa Bay wide receiver as a top three option. Just which one is that option? Uh, both have Brady in our top three. I think you have him at three, right? Sorry, let me check that real quick. No, I uh, think so. Oh, yeah. you have it too, actually. Yeah, we both have Tom Brady at QB two this week. So okay. Yeah, like, um, like I said, I, I I thought about putting him number one because I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be that kind of game, but uh, uh, once again, the rushing upside for Jackson uh, kind of took over. Well, for me, it's the the goal line grade this week. The Bills have the highest, and the Bucks have the second highest, and the Chiefs yeah, have the yeah. third highest. So I literally went that order: Josh, Josh Allen one, Tom Brady two, Patrick Mahomes three. So uh, yeah, that's that's my motivation sometimes. Uh, but go. yeah, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now we're talking about big disparities, Brad. And one of the biggest disparities here that I, I find is interesting is how far apart you have two players. Um, so, okay, I'll, I'll set the scene here. So I'm looking at, and in, in, just inside my top 20, I've got Michael Pittman at 19, Adam Thielen at 18. Actually, funny enough, Thielen ahead of Pittman. Maybe I could, you could, you know, maybe I could get the argument of Pittman should be ahead of Thielen. I know you certainly would make that argument based on your rankings. You've got, I've got them one spot apart. You've got them 17 spots apart. You have Michael Pittman at wide receiver 10. So you move the opposite direction of me and then the opposite the other way because you have Thielen down all the way at wide receiver 27, I think. Yes, yes, my math is correct, 27. So I I just, I I was pretty close on them. I'm a little concerned with Pittman going up against Tredavious White. Like this is is maybe his toughest cornerback matchup of the year. So I think maybe lower production than expected. Are you not afraid of White? I'm not afraid of white uh, when it comes to Pittman. I, I think he is uh, growing into a superstar this season. Uh, and uh, I mean, I, I know it's uh, going to be tough sledding in, in Buffalo, obviously with uh Wentz thrown in the bombs, still not a uh, huge fan of that, but, uh, but I, I, I like what uh, Pittman can do. Uh, he's certainly had a, a, a really nice year, probably a, a nicer year than a lot of people has had uh, projected him to be. And I, I, I like him as a, uh, as a wide receiver one this week, uh, you know, granted uh, towards the uh, lower end. And then when it comes to uh, Thielen, I just, uh, I, I, I think it's the Justin uh, Jefferson show. Also, I, th- I think uh, with Dalvin cook, um, I, I think he's going to be fed and fed often, uh, which is uh, obviously going to take targets away from Thielen. I know, uh, 
sure, Thielen likes to, uh, you know, kind, kind of stay short and, and move the chains. But uh, so, I mean, he's going to get his targets. He's going to get his opportunities. But I, I just don't feel like he's going to, um, you know, hit, hit the pay dirt uh, this week, which which I know is a lot has a lot to do with uh, how successful he is as, as a fantasy wide receiver. So uh, with, with cook back there and um, with Jefferson uh, really emerging in, in his second year, I think Thielen uh, kind of takes a back seat this week. I'll say goal line grade rushing the, the Vikings have, I think they have the worst this week for me in my goal line guide. So my thinking is if there's going to be touchdowns, like if, if Dalvin cook's going to score a touchdown, it's probably going to have to be a long touchdown run. Which, to be fair, he can do against the Packers. As a Packers fan, I've unfortunately seen a lot of that. Just think back to last year where he scored four touchdowns in the same game. Uh, So um, that's always possible. However, uh, what like so league worst goal line grade rushing, but at 75.75, it's above average passing. So if there's going to be touchdowns, I think they're going to come through the air. And then I also think about like how the, the Green Bay defense is set up, the way that the linebackers are covering. Like, I, that's why I'm not crazy about Conklin this week because they've got the linebackers to cover Conklin well, whether it's Barnes or Campbell or even Adrian Amos as a safety. Like, they've got options for those tight ends. Um, and I just think, yeah, Jefferson's going to get his, of course. So we both have him as top 10 options. Like, it's it's not, uh, especially without Jair Alexander, I don't think the Packers really have a corner that can cover him. I know Stokes has been playing well and we'll probably expect to see a lot of that matchup. But ultimately... Like, I still think, you know, Jefferson's going to be able to catch his. And it's Thielen, again, if, if Thielen's in the slot against Chandon Sullivan. Uh, Sullivan was really good last year in that he didn't allow uh, – he allowed one play, I think, all season of 20-plus yards. And it was week one to Adam Thielen, which went for a touchdown. Like, it was – he was he's pretty good against slot receivers. and Like, he'll let them catch it, but he's really good at tackling, not allowing big plays. But Thielen's that one – guy that's just a little too slippery as a slot receiver like just enough speed to get deep and so i think he can find a way to score against shannon sullivan that that's again assuming they put thielen in the slot i don't know if they maybe want to move jefferson there or i don't know how the vikings are going to approach it but i feel confident enough to to keep thielen in the top 20 for this week yeah no i and i appreciate your insight you certainly have the uh the uh you know, the, the Packers side of things and, and, you know, what, what they're going to try and do to uh, defend the Vikings this week. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I certainly respect that. One thing I'll say is I think like, I went through a bunch of my leagues and I think I'm benching KJ Osborne almost everywhere I have him and I've got him in quite a few spots. Uh, so that's one to me. And I might play him in one spot just to, to say I have him, but that's a guy that I'm looking to kind of avoid entirely this week. I know neither was having our top 40, uh, but that's one where, you know, he might be a top 50 receiver. Like that might be, you know, people might be considering him, but if I had better, any, like really any other option, I, I felt semi-confident in, I'd probably play them over KJ Osborne. He's someone I really don't want to play this week at all. Gotcha. Uh, just for that reference, I've, again, I think it's going to be all funneled to Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and, and Jefferson, and, and there's no one else I really want to play. That's kind of how I'm approaching the Vikings this week. Good. good. Okay, so um, I guess uh, we're, we're, well, we're closing in on the hour mark soon, Brad. Uh, so I'm guessing one thing, I guess rapid fire here. So first off, uh, eight spots on Tyler Lockett. Uh, I'm just a little concerned with Wilson. He didn't look great last week. I, 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 I think I need a, a week of Wilson looking good in order to believe in him. I've got him at wide receiver 30. You've met 22. So it is that line of, is he a, is he a wide receiver two or not? Or is he a wide receiver three? And I'm saying wide receiver three for now until I see otherwise. Right. I, I, yeah, I respect that. I, I like the big, big play uh, potential. I mean, but I certainly understand uh, the, the concern with uh, Wilson there. Okay. So uh, th- this is interesting. So there's, one, we have five more players that are seven spots apart. So uh, <laughs> Jalen Waddle, Brandon Cooks, and Cole Beasley. Um, I think in, in well, sorry, I'm higher on Brandon Cooks, but you're the one that's higher on both Waddle or, or Beasley. Um, let's see. You've got Waddle. Actually, that was pretty snippy. You've got Waddle in your top 20, don't you? Yeah, I wide do, receiver yeah. 18. Like 18. So 19, yeah. yeah, ahead of DJ Moore. So interesting. I'm actually, yeah, I'll let you say about that argument, Dev. So why do you have Jalen Waddle in the top 20? Uh, I mean the 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 rookie's been getting the targets, and uh, he seems like a a, a favorite. Um, it doesn't matter if it's a uh, two or or uh, Brissett back there, and and going against the the Jets, I, I think uh, he's going to have another opportunity to uh, see you know eight nine targets, uh, which which he has been uh, lately, and I think uh, he's going to be able to uh, make the most of it. And I mean, r- really impressed with him with his uh, route. Wi- 
uh, route running, uh, just how crispy is and how, and his uh, ability to, to get open. I'm really impressed with uh, with Waddle and uh, you know going against the Jets. How, how can you not be? Yeah, so I've got Brandon Cooks actually ahead of Waddle. Just thinking the Titans defense is also very vulnerable. I like that matchup just as they much. Are. And whereas we know, like you saying Waddle's getting the targets. I mean, Cook is the top target there. Where yeah, whereas. Yeah. You know, is Gesicki can still steal some, even though if he doesn't catch any, he can still get seven targets and like funnel that away from Waddle, where there's really no one doing that with Cooks. Like Nico Collins, I think I've got him starting in a league somewhere, but you know, Cooks, I again, I trust that more is the wide receiver too than Waddle. It's down to that. Um, I don't know if there's much to say about uh, Beasley or uh, you know, Beasley, just you know, it's preference. Like I've got Sanders higher than Beasley, you have Beasley higher than Sanders, so it really just comes down to that, like which Bills receiver you like more. Uh, I, I like the possession guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. And I think at that point, I, I want the deep shot guy because I don't think there's sure. much safety. I think so. Yeah, it's that's I'm already leaning towards the, the upside at that point of the rankings exactly. when you get to the outside sure. the top 30. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so uh, quarterback, quick quarterback battle. And we'll run through this quickly because it is two quarterbacks that can run. Justin Fields versus Cam Newton. Uh, seven spots apart on both, like I mentioned. Um, so really, like, so I've got Fields as a top 15 option. I've got him at QB 14. Um, where, whereas you've got him down at 21. So outside the top 20. And then you've got Newton as a uh, top 15, actually at 15, I've got him at 22. So it's, it, they're actually almost identical spots in our rankings. Um, why do you prefer Newton over fields? I like uh, Newton uh, at home uh, in front of those fans. I'm, I, I know he hasn't played for uh, quite some time, but I, I think uh, he's going to be uh, pumped up. Uh, I, I like that. He has Christian McCaffrey, uh, as, as an option, uh, I, I don't really uh, see him, you know, taking too many shots down the field. I, I, I see him uh, obviously uh, using his legs. I mean, I think we're going to see a little bit of a young cam um, th- this weekend, you know, using the legs, uh, you know, the power running game, but also, uh, you know, dumping it off to uh, to McCaffrey. And I, and I think that's why uh, McCaffrey is number one, just uh I would not be surprised if he sees uh, double-digit targets from uh, Newton, but uh, I think he's uh, going to be pumped playing at home, going against his old coach. Um, I mean, I, I I know it's a little bit of a risk, you know, kind of putting him at number fifteen. You know, uh, really, I guess technically his his first game back. I know he played last week, but uh, but no, I I prefer him over um, over Fields, and, and I mean. Uh, Fields, I, I still just need to see it again. I sure he had a nice game with his um, with his legs uh, the last time he was out. I know they're they're coming off a bye. Maybe the Bears are you know kind of ch- maybe they've changed the uh, offensive outlook to uh, you know use him more so. But what we're talking about the Bears here, and uh, who who knows what uh, Nagy was doing over the uh, over the uh, bye week? I mean, it's certainly something to watch. Uh, I, I think both of us. Would love to see Fields, uh, you know, uh, mature and 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 grow uh, this week. But I, I mean, and, and I know, and I know the Ravens' defense isn't what it used to be. Uh, but I, I just, I, I need to see more from Fields in order to uh, uh, move him up. Uh, you said it, the bye week, right? Him having a bye week after his two best fantasy games of the season. That means he can look back and like, there's a lot of learning that can happen, right? I, th- I think that yeah. corner kind of flipped in that 49ers game because, like, Steelers tough defense. He was the QB 10 last week, even in spite of the fact that he threw an interception only through one touchdown. But again, it's, you know, could add four points to the ground just like that. It kind of ups him up the ranking. So technically it's like me putting him at 14 is actually lower than what he's been in his last two outings. So I, I feel like 14 is reasonable, but I know the consensus is QB 18 for him. Right uh, and actually it's funny that the ECR is Cam Newton at QB 15. So the, the consensus rankings agreeing with you, but I'm, I'm sticking with fields over Cam this week. Uh, now, do you want to join in on that debate or, again, the, the Chris Godwin uh, poll debate? If you think he's a top three option this week or not, uh, let us know. Uh, find us on Twitter at FBC underscore Fantasy Pod. And, again, you'll find that pinned tweet there, uh, podcast episode, as well as the, the poll. You can follow your co-host individually. Brad's at the rundown underscore BH. I'm at Senra Says. As always, download the full press coverage app. It's available for free on Android and iOS stores. Also, shout out to PA the Second on Twitter at PA underscore II official. Thank you for the song Melody, which we use as our intro and outro music. And thank you, Brad, for joining again. Oh, you bet, Kyle. Always a good time. Uh, Take it easy. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, and we'll see you all next time on the Full Press Fantasy Pod. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.